Today's Thursday, August 24th. The title for our devotional is More Results of the Worship Exchange. <laughs> Riveting title, I know. Um, so today we're continuing what we talked about yesterday. And Romans chapter 1, Paul gives us some of the results of how we exchange worship of God for the worship of created things. Uh, today we're focusing on what he talks about at the end of that section. So yesterday Paul used uh, sexual sins as, first as examples of the moral depravity of what happens when we exchange uh, worship of God for worship of created things. Uh, today, he describes all forms of moral depravity when, as resulting from this exchange. The list of vices here, remember, are what results when God removes his presence from humanity and he gives them over, uh, which he does in response to idolatrous worship. This is where humanity always goes. Big picture, large scale, right? Apart from the grace of God. We're not talking about if you just like miss a worship service or just don't sing at Sunday morning service. No, this is like macro scale, big picture. What happens to humanity when they exchange the worship of God for the worship of created things? It begins with worship, remember. Idolatry leads to the wrath of God, the removal of his presence, which holds back evil. Worship of God leads to the righteousness of God and the goodness of God. So let's see, Romans 1, 28 to 31 says, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so so that they do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Well, that's quite the list, isn't it? I don't think this list is meant to be parsed out too carefully. Instead, it's meant to simply describe the vast depravity of humanity failing to worship God. They invent ways of doing evil, Paul says, putting a cap on it. This is the sad state of humanity when we fail to worship God and we exchange worship of God for worship of created things and God gives us over to our depraved minds. If we are to continue reading into chapter 2, we see that Paul doesn't spare his indictment for his Jewish audience, who wanted to impose the Torah on the Gentile believers either. They had their issues as well. Remember, this section that we're covering in Romans chapter 1 is primarily geared towards uh, Gentiles. So we aren't going to read all of those today and what Paul is directed towards the Jewish people, or the, his, his Jewish Christian audience. Instead, let's look at his general pronouncement on the sinfulness of all humanity. Remember, our sinfulness originates in our exchange of worship of God for the worship of created things. Before we get on our high horse and turn up our nose at those people, we must remember that this is describing us as well. This was us before Jesus, before God gave us his righteousness in Christ and we believed in him. So Romans 3, 9 through 18 sums it up. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
So again, before we go pointing the finger and turning up our nose at others, this is us apart from the gospel of grace. And this is what Paul's driving point is, that everybody is in need of the righteousness of Christ. Apart from the righteousness of Christ imputed to us in salvation, this is us. All of this is leading us up to the glorious truth of the gospel that Paul will go into starting in chapter 4. That both Jews and Gentiles alike are saved, they're made righteous, not by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus. So this calls for unity within the church. Humility, grace given to one another. This was a vitally important foundation to build in this letter to help bring unity to the formerly Jewish Christians, remember the weak, and to the formerly pagan Christians, the strong, as Paul will refer to later in his letter. So to sum up today, let's just read Romans 3, 21 to 26. Again, this is Paul's turn to the gospel that we all so desperately need. Let's leave us on a positive note because I've been a bit of a bummer this week. Romans 3, 21 to 26. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Reflection time today, look again at the list of vices and evil qualities in verses 29 to 31. Remember, it's things like wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanders, insolent, arrogant, boastful, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Remember, these are the results of exchanged worship. This is where idolatry leads. Thank God for the gospel of grace that you believe, that he has rescued you from these descriptors. He has made you righteous in Christ. You are no longer full of wickedness, evil, depravity, malice, greed, strife. Now you have been filled with the Spirit of God who produces love, joy, peace, faith, and hope.